Five Breakfast. Catch up. Five Breakfast. Now, we as Five Breakfast are doing our absolute best to try to handle and survive matric exams during matric. And listen, it's mainly because we are coming to terms with how much help we need handling what 18-year-olds across the country are doing right now. We did our economics paper yesterday. Olizondo got two out of four, which is a pass. Congratulations. I did ask for bonus questions and you refused to give them to me because you, you knew I would get more answers right. I don't think so. Shamna, I, vo- I vouched for a do- for a exactly a bonus, a bonus question. question. Okay, well, I can get you a bonus question if you want. But it's too what- late now. It's too late. Exa- it's time for history. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> study smarter, not harder, with five extra study vibe. Dive into our special crafted playlists to create the perfect study vibe. We've included some tips from experts and set up a fifteen-minute break to help you recharge. Get five extra study vibe exclusively on the Five FM app. And that is exactly why we're trying to handle these exams. And like we're trying to work through this while using this brand new radio station that 5FM has created for free for you on the 5FM app 24-7. It's a whole radio station to help you study and handle whatever you're facing, whether you're in matric or 11 or 10, all of the grades or even in university. So as Polly correctly said, while she was dodging accountability for her shambolic economics performance yesterday, uh, that today is history paper two, guys. Now, again, I'm the only person who did history in this team history paper two was the scary one because that was essay questions you would have to write a whole essay and then another one uh, across three hours so it'd be like an hour and a half per essay and you'd be writing these long things so if i understand correctly i'm going to be asked a question from the actual paper that i wrote in 2011 and it's a it will probably require quite a long answer and we'll see how i do okay <clears throat> Yep. Okay, so uh, your essay question is about the coming of democracy to South Africa oh, wow. and coming to terms with the past. Okay. So I need you to explain to what extent compromises by different role players, that is political parties, remained a key feature Yo. that paved the way for a new political dispensation in South Africa in 1994. And you need to use relevant evidence to support your line of argument. Wow. Wow. Okay. And how many uh, marks were those questions hundreds, usually? Hundreds. H- hundred marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you get out of a hundred. Oh no, sorry, the whole paper is a hundred. That's what I'm saying. So oh. fifty marks per essay. Oh wow! So that question would have been 50. like fifty. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So maybe just quickly tell us how oh. you would structure it. Okay, so it's a very very long question, and remember, it'll be like forty five minutes per half, right? So I'd the coming of democracy, the whole coming of democracy. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Okay. So I'd start with CODESA and then do the TRC because those are two really big things that happened in the early 90s to create the new South Africa and there were lots of compromises from different political parties, as I said. Okay, so can I, can I do one half and then you guys can judge that out of 25 and then I'll do the other half. Is that fine? Okay, Because otherwise fine. it's just too big. I'm going to be talking until half past seven. Mm. Okay, cool. So in the early 90s, your guys... <laughs> Come on. Your. Don't panic. You've got this. Can I can I take my yeah. toilet break? Can I take? Yeah, I, I'll take my toilet. Okay. Yes, but time is ticking. Yes, still. yes, yes. Okay. So uh, in the early nineties, South Africa was in a really scary place. President uh, Mandela, well, to be President Mandela, had just been released from prison, but 
there was this sense that apartheid was going to end. There was a referendum uh, run by the National Party to basically ask white South Africans if apartheid should end. And in the end, that caused the National Party to go, cool, we're going to create a full-on democracy for 1994. But there were a ton of questions that had to be answered even before then, because you will remember that until 1991, like many of the National Party's enemies were banned. There was like a full-on low-cooking war happening between the ANC and the PAC uh, against uh, the uh, apartheid government, but there was also a lot of IFP battling with the ANC, and there were lots of people dying, and it was very scary. And a lot of people were thinking like South Africa could tip into a civil war. And so... What all the political parties agreed to do was a conference called CODESA. There was CODESA 1 and CODESA 2. It happened in 1991 and then a little bit more in 1992, where some key decisions needed to be made before the election about how South Africa could be structured so that there was no civil war and there was a peaceful transfer of power into a full democracy. This was way before 1994. So there were a bunch of things. The first one that they needed to all agree on was what was the new constitution going to be? And that was because a lot of white South Africans were very terrified of revenge, essentially, that they would be punished, that they would be hounded out of South Africa, maybe that their businesses or their land or whatever would be taken away. And on the other hand, there were lots and lots of black South Africans who were very fearful of who would get the most power in this new constitution, how exactly it would be structured. There were also massive questions like, remember there were homelands in South Africa all the way up until then? What would happen to those homelands? Because there were rulers in those homelands who were like, are we still going to be in power? The question of like the Ingonyama Trust in KZN was also super massive. Were there going to be large areas of land still controlled by the Zulu royal family? And so there was this hectic, hectic set of meetings called CODESA where the interim Bill of Rights was agreed on, which enshrined key rights for all South Africans to try to encourage all South Africans to feel fine about this move into the April uh, 1994 vote. And there was also an agreement on how the electoral system would be run. And interestingly, there was also a power-sharing agreement where it was agreed that there would be an interim law on the interim constitution into 1996-1997 after the um, first election that would guarantee positions of power for the national party in government irrespective of how many votes they got. And that was essentially an attempt to make everybody feel good and safe about what was going to happen. And there was also a commitment to like largely capitalistic values from the ANC. So they weren't going to go and do mass reclamation of land or take away money from like white businesses or anything like that. And that is one of the reasons why in the modern era, some people argue that Nelson Mandela, who was leading ANC at the time, was a sellout to the revolution because he gave up on all of these big communist values that had been a fundamental part of the ANC because they were in uh, they were in direct alliance with the Soviet Union during the Cold War. But around Codessa, the Cold War ended and the Soviet Union collapsed. And so there was this awful situation where the ANC kind of had to go along with capitalistic values so that they weren't ostracized from the capitalistic West led by America. Because if they had been ostracized by the capitalistic West led by America, then our economy would have collapsed. So all of those things happened before 1994.
And that's only half <laughs> of this essay. Was that fine? Oh. Well, it was kind of. Uh, I was disappointed kind of. with you not uh-huh. uh, first breaking down what Kodesa actually means because, uh-huh. you know, even uh-huh. with an essay, you have to start with that. Uh-huh. You didn't tell us uh, the 19 groups uh, that were represented at Kodesa who uh, negotiated. Yes, because they played a pivotal role. You know, uh, they were yeah. the stakeholders, essentially. So, I mean, I will give it to you, but uh, they were glaring mistakes. Like little techniques. Or, or things, glaring, or yes. Little ones. No. Yeah, because the, the, the overall argument seemed very good to me. But yeah, when yeah. Oli pointed that out now, I was this like... This is the revenge of Oli Zondor from yesterday. Okay, part two <laughs> is coming. Yes. Grahamstown. 5FM is bringing the power to you. On 90.4 FM and Darvel. On 90.4 FM. All right, 7.23. I'm halfway through my history paper two essay. It's been hectic. Jeez, Dan, um, yeah, that's all I warned you, man. Maybe next time for Miss Zondo, you shouldn't ask her multiple choice questions. Give her something to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time you get an essay question. Okay, Molly, could you just uh, read the question again for people who haven't uh, tuned in? Uh, we are proving how much we all need Studify, which is this entire radio station 5FM is created for you, absolutely free to use as you study. It's the kind of studying and also advice built into this radio station to help you handle whatever exams that you're facing, whether it be university or school in this month. So basically the essay question is about the coming of democracy to South Africa uh-huh. and coming to terms with the past. So we want an explanation as to what extent compromises by different role players, yeah. that is political parties, remained a key feature that paved the way for a new political dispensation in South Africa yeah. in 1994. And we also want the use of relevant evidence to support <laughs> this line of argument. So I'll remind you again, I'm about to do part two, which is the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Uh, This would usually take 45 minutes to write. So I'm going to try and do it in like four minutes. Okay. So after 1994, when the ANC got 62% of the vote and won the majority, but as I told you earlier, the National Party, despite getting way less of the vote, the old apartheid National Party still was um, given key decision-making positions in South Africa's government as part of like a goodwill gesture that we're building the new South Africa together and then in, from I think 1996 doesn't matter if I got it wrong Molly, I promise but from about 1996-1997 uh, Desmond Tutu led something called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission now here's what it was and it was extremely controversial okay so a fundamental crisis of apartheid is that so many black South Africans did not know what had happened to people who had gone missing to friends of theirs, colleagues, acquaintances, acquaintances, people in their community. And in the last days of apartheid, the national government burnt millions of documents to destroy evidence of what had been done in the oppression of black South Africans during apartheid. And so the key problem that Desmond Tutu and others saw is that South Africa couldn't rebuild if we couldn't grieve. And we couldn't grieve if we didn't know what happened. And so he was trying to figure out how to get white South Africans who'd done terrible things to come forward and confess. But people wouldn't do that if they thought that they would be punished for it. And so a decision was made to say that if you had done something awful during apartheid and you came forward and you confessed, 
and it was deemed that you had truly fully confessed and shown remorse shown that you felt terrible and wish you hadn't done that then you would be forgiven okay very very controversial and led to a years-long set of public hearings that are all on the record you can go listen to all the tapes of unfortunately south africa finding out the full extent of the horrors of apartheid so the forgiveness part was key to getting that information at all but that was also the unbelievably controversial part that many black south africans didn't want to happen stephen Bantobiko's family was furious that the people who killed him uh, could come and confess and then just escape any recriminations forever uh winnie mandela was furious about this too and disagreed with it and uh also a key criticism of the TRC process was that the high up decision makers didn't come and confess they didn't get in any trouble at all so the leaders of the apartheid government were not confessing on the stand in fact a bunch of leaders of the apartheid government were still in parliament under the new uh, decision of how to handle the new south africa and so there's been a lot of controversy over whether or not the trc was a good thing but the argument coming back from people who organized the trc is always the same which is that if we hadn't done the trc we never would have found out what really happened And so there wouldn't have been justice then either. None of these people would have gone to jail because we never would have found out. They would have kept mum and the information was destroyed. So would you rather that we found out and the perpetrators didn't get in trouble or we didn't find out and the perpetrators didn't get in trouble? And so the argument ultimately from the TRC was because we could find out, we could grieve, we could have certainty to a degree about what happened. And that was the other big controversial thing where a lot of political parties made compromises around... The new South Africa. Holly, did I do okay? Yeah, I, I was actually uh, impressed by that. You know, <laughs> I, I think surprised. I think you could have scored uh, bonus points. Oh, bonus points. Uh, by by maybe mentioning how you would have gone about it. You know, huh? I think. What? No, honestly, I think I think, I think it. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, I, I get what you yes, mean. Yes, because like, I think with um, examiners, uh, teachers, they also want to see how. Yes, you've referenced the past, okay. but in hindsight. You know what would you have done differently? Oh, so you are asking if I if if I was in Desmond Tutu's position, would I have done a TRC? Yes, huh. you know, That's uh, maybe yeah. Looking at the political landscape wow. now, has it benefited the country? So wow. I think you could have scored bonus points there. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll give you I'll give yeah, you the marks. But I think Thank like Dan you. kind of did um, touch on that by you know kind of giving the the arguments for the TRC and a few arguments against, against. it. Yeah, I, I think that is kind of like. You know, giving your opinion about well, this is why people said it worked. This is why people said it didn't work. So yeah. anyway, you're okay. You're, thanks, guys. It's, it's, it's a really hectic period of South African history yeah. in the '90s, but one that we should all know. Catch up on some of the best moments from Five Breakfast by going to Five FM's Catch Up page on the Five FM app or Five FM.